past 50 years have seen dynamic shifts in societal attitudes toward female autonomy, divorce, reproductive rights, and the definition of marriage. Along with it, more and more people are making the conscious choice to live their lives child-free. We're here to unpack the complexities of this life choice and to say the things that we can't say anywhere else. Greetings, and welcome to another episode of... Not Just... Sleeping In. I'm Tiger. And I'm Lee. And each week we gather in our secret child-free compounds and discuss all the things about this pretty crucial life choice that we've made. Uh, This week, working far from home. Uh, More and more jobs uh, these days require one or both people to go away, sometimes for weeks or months. Um, And that can put a little bit of stress or strain uh, on a relationship or friendships. Um, We as child-free folks are in a unique position uh, to take some of these employment opportunities, but sometimes it uh, comes at some costs. And we just are going to talk about uh, the benefits and some of the struggles and hopefully how we can take these opportunities, do what's best for us, and still find ways to connect with those we love. Um, hoo interesting one. Very prescient to both of our life situations right here at the moment. Yeah. Um, but first, <laughs> Tiger, how late you sleep in? 8 a.m., I'm weak. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Solid. It's early morning. Do you find I, I divide the, there's like, in my head, it's like six to nine is like that, like, okay, but slightly early. Nine plus is pretty good. And then like pre 6 a.m. is just a nightmare. I don't know. I've always, I don't know how you break it up in your head, but that's kind of yeah, that's weirdly a, how I do. That's about right. That's yeah. about right. It was my whole life is just broken into like six hour chunks of time. <laughs> Thank you for my job, which we'll talk about here in a second. Yeah, I'm uh, 1030 a.m. Thank God uh, this morning I got to sleep in a little bit. But, you know, I yesterday was in the office from pretty much 8 a.m. to midnight, um, just burning all the midnight oil, trying to get ready for this thing I'm doing. Um, but yeah, luckily, um Hotels have blackout curtains, and I carry a sleep mask and was able to, like, turn all of the devices off. I mean, I'll have 100 emails to deal with <laughs> at some point, but a moment of respite, thank God. Yeah. Um, yeah. Woof. Tiger. I mean, this is, it's funny because this is weirdly, uh, partly the at the genesis of the podcast a little bit, right? Like, we started, you know, last summer in mid-quarantine. Um, you, you found yourself kind of in the situation and we ended up spending a lot more time talking together and decided to put microphones up. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, <laughs> that's true. I am. Yeah. My husband, COVID, COVID forced my husband and I into a weird position and he joined the military as an yeah. elder. So that's, <laughs> sure, so that, that's the weird. elder yeah. militia persons not militia that makes it sound like he's some oh, sound like employee. a yeah no. he's a prepper or something no, no he's he's, the armed he's, in, he's in a real military <laughs> yeah the proper yeah and actually yeah uh and it's it's been weird because it's forced us apart for a, a long time and yeah, um, a lot of catch up to do real fast yeah yeah so it's and it, this is the first time i've experienced it but you are old hat with it yeah, it's a it's been a part of my career path. Um, you know, since packing up from home the the first time, I think, which is an experience we both had. Um, 
you know, very soon in I, I came uh, up in the business in the time of, you know, the race for tax incentives and um, have since gotten to travel all over the world a little bit and all over the United States. And, you know, it started on little indie projects where it's like two months here, three months there. And, you know, I've had some that the whole movie is going to take you to four different cities, one internationally, and you're going to be gone for six months. And, uh, you know, it's crazy. And it's very funny because I think that you know, it's just part of the business. And there's a lot of conversations, particularly once people start coupling up, and even when they don't, of like, you know, how and when do you take those jobs? And at some point, do you settle down, even in this fantasy job that you've chosen? Or do you kind of continue to just, you know, chase the crazy? Yeah. And, uh, but it's interesting, but I think that it's not necessarily spe- totally specific to my industry. I feel like there's a lot of people that end up in these situations. Oh, yeah. And we're kind I of mean, in a... Obviously. <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing is, is I don't know what your experience has been, but like I, child-free folks and single folks um, are in kind of a unique position to take these jobs. Yeah. Yes. I think especially in the movie industry, uh, for me... I mean, what's really interesting is, like, kind of getting this crash course in military culture. It's obviously really different because it's a lot more families. I'm sure. An, I'm an odd one out. But it's also different because I – we got we're, – we're older, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just a totally different – totally different space. But I think the end result is the same it, in terms of, like, navigating your relationship and yeah. what it all means. But it, I think in some ways having – not having kids – well, I know – not having kids makes it a lot easier for me and my my husband. But do you think it makes I mean I don't know. It's interesting because no matter what you still want to be home with the people you love. Yeah, totally. But I think there's there's definitely, you know, in the in kind of the framework of of even our intro and how we talk about a lot of these things. This is not that there weren't, you know, the merchants of old or whatever, but um this is definitely within the last couple generations, I think, where this has really become a thing, you know, like very much become a thing. As the world's gotten smaller, our ways to communicate internationally and business to operate internationally have shrunk. The ability to fly very quickly from place to place, you know, I'm enjoying the comforts of a very nice um, courtyard by Marriott, um, you know, with a kitchen in a, in a living room and... And I don't remember that being a thing when I was a kid. I don't remember that, you know, you would see like a very nice maybe double tree travel lodge. But I think that even this whole like, oh, you what you need is an apartment for three months. And like, but with someone who still comes and cleans for you because you're working 17 hours a day. So, yeah, I think it's new and it kind of falls into this cultural idea of, and, you know, I think we talked a little bit in, in some of the, the hysteria around the birth rates and things of, like, people are taking a little bit of time to find their life path. And, you know, I think there's almost, like, uh, our 20s where my parents were, you know, married at 21, 22. I was born when they were 25. Um, and they never left their hometown. And yeah. I think the, the things that, like, you and I at that age... 
packed our cars up and moved to a different city. And oh, I think yeah. that I had my 21st birthday after working. I got my first like movie industry paycheck on my 21st birthday. Amazing. Like that's how long I've been doing the damn thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> You know, and I think that even more, I've seen my, you know, I, I was able to catch up um, here in Atlanta for the first time with a, a cousin of mine who had, you know, grown up rural, moved to Pittsburgh first, spent some time there, found a lovely husband. And then he and his husband very quickly, you know, um, and he works for like a fashion brand uh, as a manager. Um, we're just like, hey. Um, we're going to Atlanta and within two weeks had to pack up, move their entire life. Oh my goodness. You know, and and much like, uh, your experience, Tiger had to do so like, you know, uh, right after the pandemic started. (laughs) Yeah. Mine, we were like, we were driving to Tennessee and we're listening to reports of like Italy closing down. It was, yeah. ins- it was like, oh, is it going to come here? I, you know, it was, it was wild. The whole thing was absolutely insane. Yeah. But I, I think that the funny thing is, I think that in, when, in, when in the framework of your twenties, you've just finished college. I think we've become very open with the idea that it's uh, a wonderful and kind of accepted part of life, yeah. you know, that, that it's, you know, get your shakes out, do some fantastic things, start to build a career in whatever field it's in. And hey, if you have to spend a month in Tokyo, good for you. Make sure they pay you your per diem. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Um, but it weirdly falls into a lot of these same life script ideas where then at some point you're supposed to get serious, right? And grow up and settle down. And, you know, that's not always an option even. Or that's not always what you want to do. Right. And we end up in these spaces where um, sometimes you got to travel and, you know, and it was funny. I was talking with my partner about this and they had really pointed out to me like, hey, make sure don't leave your unpartnered child free friends behind here because they're in a really unique place to just like keep, you know, traveling and keep going and following the jobs i have friends who've like given up their la apartments even and just have like their their childhood bedroom in storage somewhere and are just like globe trotting yeah and having like a really lovely time um but yeah i don't know it's um yeah it's, it it's, can be yeah it's really interesting experiencing that from like a non-movie standpoint um, because that's something my little sister has done off and on. She was in the Navy and then when she got out worked as a private contractor on different ships Mm -hmm. and stuff going all over the country because she did like comms so she could work radios and stuff. And it's it's really interesting because she's basically, I mean, until she's kind of settled now a little bit to finish school. But I think she just wants to continue. She's literally talked about just getting a teardrop camper and making that her life. And it's so it's so neat because in her mind, I think I think that there's this idea that like you either find a partner and settle down or you get to be that person. And in her mind, those things aren't mutually exclusive. And I think that's really special. Like she because the right person will share that dream with her, you know, and you see on like reddit and stuff i follow a lot of the van dweller subreddits because i think that Mm -hmm. i mean look i'm choosing a very different life i'm settling down and like betting the farm you know but my husband's gone and it's just 
I don't know, you, you just want to find ways to, I don't want to say have it all because that's such a dumbass phrase, but you, you find ways to make the life you want work. <laughs> yeah. And it's, um, with the people the world's, that you want yeah. in your life. Like, I think that's the thing. What, yeah. And what a lovely idea, but like it, it, still in a lot of ways, I think the world is so slow to react to that. And it's, you know, um, seen as the providence of these kind of elite few people. Obviously there's the kind of the fifties traveling salesman who was like the only person allowed to, you know, go drive from town to town in like, you know, the, what is it? The golden decade or whatever they call it. The, the, that point of like where the nuclear family was just in overdrive. Uh, and even then there was always this like, Oh, philandering and whatever. But like, I don't know. Like, it's funny because even my own dad who works for a tech company, well, a very prominent, you know, uh, business on the East Coast has found that at some point he was like taking the private jet to, to Wisconsin for like once a month before the for a week before the pandemic. And, you know, at 60, it was just like, I didn't <laughs> necessarily sign up for this. Yeah. You know, because he'd never really left home. And, and my mom for more than, you know, a week at a time before then, you know? That's crazy to think about because I know a lot of yeah. couples, like kind of that, that baby boomer age or that baby boomer generation, I know a lot of couples where that's very much the case. Like, I haven't been apart from them for that long ever. And it's like, oh my goodness. I mean, I don't know. My partner and I like that. I like that separate that occasional separation. Right now, sure. right now is a bit much. Like, <laughs> yeah. right now is, is a little yeah. bit much. But um, yeah. in general, like when when he's done with training and he'll be doing like small deployments and stuff, that that idea of like three months apart or whatever doesn't doesn't bother me in the least. Yeah. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about our experiences. You know, once you've kind of settled down and partnered and. Um, but still have that, you know, and I mean, there's various levels of, of our child-free existences, but I think there is a certain ability for us to really focus on our careers and to take that seriously. Um, and to also just kind of like, if you're, if you're not having to necessarily do the whole like house, baby, HOA, school district dance of kind of figuring that out, um, but yeah, it's it's difficult and, and puts some like stresses on your friends and family. I mean, I think the interesting for my thing for my partner and I is that we actually um, started our relationship on the road. We fell in love on the road. I was out of town on a on a movie for a very long time, and you know had said, "Hey, I've got a I've got a loft in New Orleans. Anyone wants to come hang out? Come hang out." And they had said, "Like, well, Halloween in New Orleans sounds fun." I said, "Yeah, come on." hang out and we'd been friends and and you know we'd both been partnered previously to that and hadn't but like had a magical week in new orleans and from there you know kind of kicked it off and then i was headed to south america for a month oh my god (laughs) (laughs) and it's like hey i'm headed to um pretty much to stay in a five-star hotel in buenos aires for a month and a half uh, you want to come to, and like we had had this week and it was like, we weren't even calling each other names or anything. It was just this wild affair. And, and they were like, yeah, that might be like a, two weeks in 
Buenos Aires might be a bit much for like having us just started. <laughs> I was like, I'll buy you a plane ticket. Um, <laughs> now we look back on it, we're like, oh, we should have done that. But um, I was yeah, going to say, so I feel like they funny. would we... really enjoy Buenos Aires given their like proclivity for like dancing and 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 the and whole whatnot. thing. Like, yeah. I... <laughs> and it's funny then they got to go to Buenos Aires on a trip, and I and I was busy at home. And the two go of with you them. need so to both... go together when we can safely Wait, travel to... again. Yes. Together. It's definitely on the list. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's for us, it's been kind of baked in, you know. Um, it's been really kind of a part of our... We fell in love on the phone on like Viber, on some like international friendly app on WhatsApp, you know, and are used to navigating time zones to text each other. Um, so it's part and parcel and, you know, we've had very, you know, it was a very real, honest conversation and it, every time we have the same, the rule that we have is like, let's talk about every time it comes up, you know, and sometimes you have like 48 hours to figure this out yeah, or less and you, but we always stop and we say, where are we? How are we doing? Will this be good for us? Or is this, should we not, should we can reconsider it somehow? You know, and we just very honestly do the math. Um, and like, will this opportunity be beneficial for our careers? Will it, does that outweigh the, you know, and this one that came up, this was the first time I had left Los Angeles County in a year. Yeah. You know, it was hard and weird. Um, but again, we do the math, we check in with each other and you both agree to it, you yeah. know? And well, so how was your... Tiger, is is your, like, how was that first conversation? Like, how was that for, how did it first kind of come up for you guys? How did it, and how, how do you guys navigate it, you know, opportunity to opportunity? Um, it's a weird one, because uh, it's something he was considering before we met, or kind of as we mm-hmm. were meeting, this opportunity to join the military. Uh, and we met, and he wound up not doing it, because he met me. And so there'd always been this kind of, like, regret on, not, I don't want to say regret, but this kind of, like, it's something he always wanted to do, and and he's such a positive person, like, he was happy to put it on hold or whatever, it was never like, I told him not to, mm-hmm. or, or anything, it was a choice he made, but it always kind of stuck in the back of my head that it was kind of a bummer, you know, that, like, I got to pursue my dream job in the film industry, whatever, and... And he, you know, he, it's not that he didn't have like a successful job situation. Um, neither of us are horribly like career driven people, but when COVID hit a lot of the job opportunities and and interviews and stuff that he had lined up when we moved to Nashville went away Mm -hmm. because he was in the food and beverage and like food and beverage (laughs) space. So, uh, that was, and, and a lot of other stuff that he'd had lined up, everything was shutting down. So he, and so it was just really stressful, you know, and, and luckily, you know, Nashville is so much cheaper to live, whatever. But at a certain point he was also just bored, you know, he's, he's yeah. a hardworking person. And, uh, yeah, when, when he started talking about doing the national guard version of this particular pipeline, um, which is going to be like a special forces type thing. It was like COVID changed the conversation completely uh, mm-hmm. because a lot of the 
it, you know, food and beverage industry is going to be a lot smaller now. And so the opportunities are going to be smaller, even as things open back up and, and, you know, the sign on bonuses for the army were good because they knew they could get people right now. No, sure. And like geographically it worked for the program that he wanted. And mm-hmm. so we, we talked about it and it took a lot of back and forth because it's a, it's going to be about a two year pipeline. Mm-hmm. And there's a good chunk of that where we will not be able to communicate. <laughs> That's, these these yeah. last six months have been almost entirely up until like the last like three weeks or so entirely without cell phone communication. Uh, he got wow. a little bit of a holiday break and it's uh, so that's different. You know, it's not what we're used to because <laughs> yeah. like since since we've been dating, we were one of those couples that just like hadn't. We'd take weekends apart and go, like, hang out with friends or on camping trips and stuff. But we are joined at the hip. Like, we're completely obsessed mm-hmm. with each other. We love each other dearly. And it just – I mean, not that not that anyone else doesn't. Like, not that time together is an indicator of love. But, like, we just love being around each other. And yeah. so it's been, it's been weird. And uh, – but it's amazing how – when you communicate about something, when you're open about what everyone wants and what the expectations are, you can you can do it. And yeah. you know, we have these this beautiful collection of letters that I put in Amazing. this beautiful little cedar like small cedar box that I found while yeah. antiquing. So it's like there it's not it's been kind of beautiful. It's a different way of communicating. And yeah. but we still like it's like we we've said to each other, like I still feel his love like I still feel him as such an important part of my life and my heart and my soul every day you know and yeah yeah and recently he's been injured which really throws a wrench into the works and is gonna change things I mean knowing that your partner is going to be going into surgery and like because of COVID and because of rules and stuff like you can't go be there for them that that's the weird stuff but it's like you again you find a way you know, you find a way because yeah. it's like we know that we're both approaching this with the best of like it's going to help us achieve our long term goals. It's going to help us, you know, build out this farm even more. It's going to we're fine. You know, like we're going to be fine. We are fine right now. He's less fine yeah. than I am. But <laughs> <laughs> but but you... it's yeah, you make it work. You know, you just yeah. is. I think it's like you. I mean, it's no different than you and your partner. You know, it's that communication that's really, yeah. I mean, and COVID changed things. COVID radically changed the conversation for you two as well, I imagine. Sure. Like, knowing that, like, it's not the same as going away before, as yeah. before, because it's it's riskier to travel. Yeah. And, you know, but I think it's there's something really beautiful that in the midst of, like, global chaos that you and your partner found a way to kind of reevaluate and help him to go for something that had been like a dream of his, like yeah. something that had been something that, you know, maybe he would have been like, well, I'll be fine if I don't, but you all had like a good conversation and figured out a way to like, yeah, this is like, we'll be fine. And, and, you know, and I think that child-free folks, I think are, you know, that I was, um, I'm in the midst of reading, uh, one of the one of our wonderful child free authors um let's see it's child free by choice um dr amy blackstone who really if you're looking for hard numbers um and statistics is one of the best people about it pointed out that there was um a couple years ago an article that came out that um shockingly kind of revealed 
that most couples, um, child-free couples, decide, confirm their child-free status with each other after one conversation. And, you know, the conservative pundits and and op-ed writers were kind of absolutely mortified by that fact, (laughs) you know. Um, And Dr. Blackstone points out really lovely that, like, well, if you know that it's something you want and you both want it and you have one good conversation, you have one strong conversation of reaffirmation with each other, it's very easy to make some of these big goals and very easy to say, great, well, we're on the same page. Good. And I think that that kind of communication is kind of built in a little bit to a child-free relationship. Yes. Yeah, because you can't have that. There's no room for like error in a child-free no. relationship. You are either <laughs> child-free or you got a kid. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to know where you stand for your own safety and sanity and, and for your partner. It's You have to really protect each other's hearts and you have to be honest. And I think yeah. that that's exactly what you need when you're choosing to work or live apart for a time. Yeah. For my husband and I, it's a matter of... Like, yeah, two years is a long time, but in the grand scheme of what we hope our relationship is, it's not. And it gives us yeah. it gives us a leg up to really achieve other shared goals we have as a couple and to be the individual. Like, I, I can't even tell you how proud I am to see him in his element. Just yeah. being like, because, yeah, he would have been fine without it. But seeing him just glow or like reading his letters where even on the hardest days, he's just enjoying himself it's that's magical for me too because i get the best version of him yeah what i mean what an absolute delight i'm so not to like you know for the benefit of all of our listeners or whatever just smoke blow hot smoke up your ass uh tiger but it is so lovely to me to see how within you know the year that you've been in nashville you know so many people talk about a dream house or a dream you know, a job or a dream situation. And um, not to sound slightly judgmental, but when we met years ago and you had said like, oh yeah, we're I'm, I'm on my way to building a compound, like just my own mostly off grid um, tiger farm, like the tiger, com- not, not to be not the tiger King necessarily, no. though you are quite the King. Uh, when you want to be, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, and I was like, that is what a wonderful idea, but it sounded like one of those ideas that is like, um, I'm going to write a novel that like everybody says, you know, I'm going to whatever. And to see that with the hard work and open-mindedness of you and your partner, that you guys are like doing the damn thing. And it's how refreshing, you know, Um, and it's really delightful. Can I just take some turn? Let let me blow that smoke back. You and your partner were incredibly helpful at like preparing me for the time apart because you guys, because I've seen a successful version of that. Sure. As different as it is from our story, seeing an honest, clear, like seeing that success made me feel so much better. Oh, because you guys, you were so helpful. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we were trying to, because again, you figure out ways to um, communicate and make it work. And it's difficult and it comes with its challenges. And I think that we can kind of move 
into like the next part of talking about this a little bit. But yeah, like, let's talk about those challenges because I feel like is, we made not, it sound like really we, awesome. Oh, we made it sound real good, and but it's, um, it's it's fucking hard. <laughs> it's hard. It's real goddamn hard. Um, let's be honest. Um, uh, my pussy is the Sahara Desert, and. <laughs> <laughs> that that's the climate change we should all be very concerned about because it's usually the amazon um (laughs) (laughs) but yes well i mean look yeah because like one covid's made it weird but two it's just like i'll be honest my husband and i are totally open to like seeing other people but usually it's something we do together and obviously with covid it hasn't been safe to do that so there hasn't even been that option of like well how do we communicate about this you know not that and again i don't know that that's something that's for us but i love knowing that we know how to talk about it but like what's your experience because i haven't experienced that yet so like teach me sir (laughs) (laughs) um no it's you it's again it's kind of a conversation but at least it's it's a conversation that can be had because i think there's so much talking like again in your 20s um the on location shoot is you know summer camp i had plenty of flings at various hotels in the far-flung regions of you know upper wisconsin or you know in some art loft in santa fe and it's really lovely because you're just kind of like, you know, it's band camp or whatever, you know. Yeah. It's terrible for the local crew. Um, but all of us, you know, hot and horny young film folks get like trapped in a place together. And all there is to do on the weekends is go drinking and dancing and fun happens. Um, and then you're in a, like a serious relationship and you have to evolve that. And it, again, I think the important thing is open conversation. Like... What are you comfortable with? What are you, you know, and some people aren't and some people need to draw those lines and say like, look, like I need you to behave this way while you're gone or I need you to, you know, but I think that so many problems are avoided when you just have a conversation about it or it's like, look, you're being honest enough to be like, you'll probably get infatuated with someone, you know, you'll probably spend some time with them if things want to go a certain way and you guys know that it's whatever, then let's just talk about it. Or if you need, you know, and and again, a world where like sex work is legalized changes that whole thing too, because it's just like, you know, uh, sometimes you just need someone to like have bodily contact with (laughs) that isn't your partner. Um, because again, I find it, it's really stimulating when we're gone, um, to, I engage with my partner and and you've said like with the letters, right? You have this beautiful way of communicating with each other that has to be so succinct and direct and calls back to this like very romantic era idea of like communications that will, you know, you can put in a box and revisit, you know, more than just like sending heart emojis to each other. Um, But in those times, my partner and I, um, you know, even in COVID, we got on FaceTime last night and just stared at each other and just had to share brains because you can't just rub your butts together. Like you have to, you know what I mean? We have, it's so funny because I have these beautiful long text message conversations with them, uh, from when I'm gone. 
And then when I'm home, our texts turn into like need eggs, question mark, or like coming home, period. And then like meme of Alf, like giving a thumbs up. And when we're gone, it's these beautiful, long conversations. And the only thing that we're missing is just like, I do miss that crawling into bed that heat like i it yeah. there's a mountain i always the first thing i do when i land is, at the hotel is like i'm gonna need like six pillows <laughs> and they're like are you sure and i'm like yes um just because i need that i i have a hard time sleeping on my own yeah so i need to like build a weird little pillow fort that i bur- burrow into um just because otherwise it feels very empty um but yeah again communication and and saying like look we we were in a weird instance where I, this whole thing where I'm out of town now happened so fast yeah. happened. And, and even then it was, it was both fast in the, my boss got hired. They flew her out. They said roughly the way this things usually go. I have about a week before they need me. Mm-hmm. And I had planned, it's my partner's birthday for second COVID birthday. Cause their March birthday, like they, they got hit hard first. And, you know, I'd planned to get away and a whole thing. And, and then they're like, oh, we need you Tuesday. And that was the day we were supposed to be in a ski chalet in Big Bear. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm canceling that. And, um, you know, I had flown out with, again, long, hard conversation with my partner. And they were fine. A little disappointed, obviously. Yeah. We flew out here. And, you know, I had tried to fix it as best I could with cake deliveries and flowers and all the stuff that I had planned for their birthday. And, you know, we got on the phone and after I was here a couple days and they said to me, like, look, I just want to be there. I just think I need to be there with you. And I think that it's worth like I'm not going to be right. Like it's not going to fix like things are going to be very weird and bad and I'm not going to feel good about this whole situation if I'm alone on my birthday. So can yeah. I just come out there? And, you know, we moved some money around and we canceled some other things and they were here. And it wasn't like, again, it's COVID. Like, look, I made the best Alfredo you can make at a Marriott, uh, <laughs> you know, courtyard by Marriott kitchen hunched together. Um, but, you know, I tried to, we made the best of it. And at that point we decided the most important thing was to be together. And, we did what we could to fix it. But again, like communication, you know, because it is, it's difficult and it's not always the same, you know, sometimes the parameters change. So I feel like there's, there's two very different experiences, right? There's the folks that end up staying and the folks that end up going. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk a little bit like Tiger, what's your experience as like the one who stays not to make it sound ominous or whatever, but, and how do you deal with the, the particulars of it? Yeah, I mean, I am the busiest. I love being the busiest person alive. Like, I will mm-hmm. fill my dance cards. So COVID's been a little bit maddening because I haven't been able to do that because normally that yeah. would just be my response. And luckily, like, there's a lot of online game nights and a lot of online – I'm doing a beer and cheese tasting tomorrow night. Amazing. Uh, you know, I've gotten – you know, you pick up new hobbies. You do what you can. You get in good shape. Uh, I've learned to cook, uh, yeah. you know, and just – tried to be the best i mean i, I bought a house so yeah. <laughs> that'll that'll be my next hobby that and the bees that i ordered yeah. um but yeah you just like you know you, you pick up hobbies and you you reach out to like for me it's it's very easy to just like keep busy and keep moving that way yeah. i have stuff to tell him about 
And Mm -hmm. because he's, like, constantly seeking news of the outside world, it's like, hey, here's what you can look forward to when you're home. I've made friends in this new area. I've been trying new restaurants. When you get here, I'm going to be able to be your tour guide for this new home that you haven't gotten to explore. And so I think, like, my circumstance lent itself to, like, really try, you know, like, I I hike every weekend and my animals keep me busy. And so for me, it's just... Busy, busy, busy. Um, you know, we had gotten a little COVID, COVID cushion, as sure. everyone does. But it's been, it's been nice to like try and get into shape. You know, because I know how much, how, I know how hard he's working. So right. I would feel bad if I weren't at least trying to match. I yeah. mean, I'm not gonna match that. <laughs> I'm not gonna do like a thousand pushups to get to call him on my birth. You know, like he did a thousand pushups right. to call me on my birthday. <laughs> it's like I can, I can do like seven. I'm proud of that. <laughs> Um, but you know, like, it's just, it's, it's keeping busy and keeping, like, for me, it's been like, I want to keep myself interesting so that we have stuff to talk about. Yeah. That's lovely. I will admit that when the, that I am, must be forced to stare into the face of my own hypocrisy, um, which, you know, as a formerly religious person, I think is very important to identify within yourself and to, you know, logically and emotionally wrestle with a little bit. Like, don't fear necessarily the inconsistencies in yourself, but make sure that you examine them. And like, I am not good being the person who stayed. I am really not. Um, I, and again, when I get home from these long trips away, um, will hermit pretty hard. And luckily, if the situation lends itself, my partner and I will hermit together. Um, I was gonna say you two are both like prolific hermits I I, like and I mean that in the best way like you two are grade a nesters when you want to oh yeah just full vampire life like we look we love a goth club but it's like that's the like one or two nights a week and the rest of it we're just very happy to nest uh and again like it's funny because we've built a life where we both um, it works for us. Like we're both intensely busy, you know, for these three or four month chunks of time. And then the, uh, what we're afforded beyond that is two months of just life together, you know? And it, it's very interesting. I, my boss said to me, um, we were child-free as well. And we're talking about a friend of theirs, uh, who said the joke, uh, was that, the the couple had both been in the movies and both traveled extensively for their jobs. And that um, the way she said it to me was, well, they've been married for 20 years, but they did the math and they've really only been married for eight <laughs> as far as like being in the same place at the same time. And I think that, you know, generationally, I think that's very tied to this idea of what a family is and what a partnership is. And I was like, no, that sounds like 20 really beautiful years of marriage because the fear is always like well if you're not if someone's not staying and someone's not going or whatever that like it's doomed so i saw i was like no that's 20 really beautiful years of marriage but yeah i will admit like i am not good i definitely need my friends when my partner is out of town um for even the smallest amount of time and i really try to wrestle with this and take careful consideration of it whenever i choose to leave because i know how terrible i am when the tables are turned of just like i just kind of shut myself off and it's a lot harder for me to uh, I really appreciate seeing how busy you keep your schedule because it's I'm readying myself um for all of the times that I have kind of 
had the conversation and we've agreed that this is the best thing for me that like at some point for my partner, that'll be the same. And I want to offer the same grace and the same kind of, um, you know, I make it sound like it's like a carefree, uh, whatever. And I know that there's like a giant stack of dishes on the table. Cause I am the dish person, um, <laughs> that usually does that when I'm home. Um, but I want to offer them the same opportunities, you know? So yeah, it's, it's hard. And I am really grateful for the friends, um, and, you know, talking more with my family in those situations and being able to get out of my house and out of my head. And it's important. And again, cause yeah, you want to stay interesting. You want to be able to have when those half an hour a night conversation happens, um, real, something to report, something lovely to say. And like, honestly, it's crazy because like, dear listeners, like, do you actually sit with your partner, stare them in the eye and talk to them for a half an hour every night? Cause I don't think most of us do. We have these kind of like catch ups and then sit on the couch together. And it's a very interesting idea that we actually have this very focused attention towards each other. We're actually really big when we are together. And this has always been a thing in our relationship on family dinners where we will not eat on the couch on purpose. Uh, Amazing. Because we have this really kick-ass antique dining room table that we bought. And then we also have a great back patio. So we try to at least have a meal together where our phones are not with us and Mm -hmm. you know if we're outside like we'll bring the dog out you know like just kind of we try to enjoy each other without like the tv on or just like vegging you know because it is it's it was something we appreciated growing up with our families and we're like well wait we're still a family so we're gonna do this but amazing yeah um um so what's it, I want to know, because yeah. when you're gone, like, you're busy with work, mm-hmm. but in addition to kind of nesting when you come back, I found that when he came home for winter break this year, um, the transition back to living together, even though we were so excited, was really hard. Yeah. Because our environments had been so different, and I think he was so relieved to be home, and for me, it was just like more of the same but now he's back and so it was really that was a really hard transition to navigate those first couple of days is like Mm. what's what's that like when you're gone like now and like how like how does that all work when you're when you're the one that's leaving because i want to be more sympathetic to that (laughs) sure um no it's funny because um it is a very intense experience. I'd love to, and dear listeners, let us know. Um, I think if you have to go away for months at a time, but keep a much more kind of civilized eight-hour schedule, I'd love to see how that looks different than ours, which is a very intense, um, you know, three to six months of just constant 18-hour stuff. So by the time you get home, you're really exhausted. And there is, there's a very... Um, <clears throat> We've had lots of conversations of sometimes when I get home, they really want to go away, you know, and we're in a unique position a lot of times where um, we're flush with cash. You know, those location bonuses certainly help. Um, And they're really like, well, now's the time we should pack a bag and check off going to Buenos Aires together. We should go to you know, um, Tokyo or get, you know, in the before times, like, let's really check that off. And like, I, at that point, it's very odd. Cause I really want the comforts of home. I really want to, 
lose six hours playing video games. I really want to order my favorite takeout and cuddle on the couch. Um, and you do have to find ways to kind of navigate back into life patterns together, you know? Um, and again, you know, finding things like, you know, the family dinner where, where it's like maintaining that because you can really kind of weirdly overcompensate, I think, where you're physically back together and, you know, humping like high schoolers and like just dumb little cuddle butts. But it's very easy to, in that de-stressed time, um, fall back into staring at your phones, to fall back into um, <clears throat> one person just sleeping in while the other person gets up and is kind of wanting to do things. And it's important to almost have that other conversation on the way back of like, Hey, welcome back. <laughs> um, you know, uh, here's what I would like, um, for having you actually back. In my, you know what I mean? Like there's definitely an adjustment period to get back to, um, feeling comfortable, um, together again. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, it's it's like having the moment at the end of, um, oh my God, The Graduate that gets memed. But it's like having that a lot, having that a lot of different times, yeah. you know, right. where you're, you're just like, yay. And then you have that quiet moment of like, oh, well, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's, you have to, as the person who left, even in your how tired you are have to um take up you know figure out what that grace period is to just turn into a pile of mush but then like be ready and willing to kind of jump back in you know i love you know the first chance i get to do some dishes i love the first chance i get to make breakfast for my partner you know um that was a huge I know. issue when we got home because i was like you're back let's go do stuff let's let me show yeah. you all this stuff that i found and he was like i just want to cook food in my own kitchen and i'm like you came home <laughs> for me to be yeah like tasting you came home for me to do the same thing i've been doing for six months like i wanted it like that was really really hard it was like yeah. realizing he just wanted to get back to that normal nesting like he wanted to be home. And I was like, I want to go do all the things with you. Yeah. yeah. Not how it happens. No. And it's funny. We, we had to, even on the other side, you know, we're more in the, um, I, there's a much greater ability for my partner, like they did for their birthday, to come out here and to, and or, you know, I remember we, when I'm in New Mexico, it's a lot, it's a hour flight. It's a, it's a lot easier to just spend a weekend or something or, you know, and we'd find that those Saturday nights, um, there was a very odd push and pull of like treating it like being a tourist of like wanting to try some new restaurant or go to some new experience. Yeah. Um, a lovely shout out to my, our dear friends at Meow Wolf in Santa Fe, which is such a chirpy, like we lived there, uh, the last time I was in New Mexico, but you know, sometimes you'd find that you would either order in or make dinner. And here we are in this like nice apartment or hotel in some foreign land or some, you know, fancy city somewhere. And you're just on the couch watching. I mean, we even 
in the week that they were here in Atlanta with me, watched so much Great British Bake Off. And I was just like, hey, I think we can get to the end of uh, season six. And um, but honestly, that's what our hearts needed. Yeah. And I think that's that's an important part of the conversation is is not only the way out, but the way back. Um, And to find ways to because the check ins are important. Like there's so much um, you have to be honest with yourself about, and you have to keep an examined existence about yourself. And it's very important. And sometimes it's difficult. And sometimes like, you know, it's very hard to get a text message when I'm getting ready to like, you know, explode a bridge. (laughs) That's like, Hey, I really need you right now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, uh, your partner probably doing that a little bit more literally than me. Uh, mine's all, <laughs> mine's all fancy, uh, and fake. Um, but yeah, uh, it's important to honor and acknowledge those things on both sides so that, you know, the core of it that, you know, you and I both have this kind of, and it comes with a bit of spirituality. I think that you and I can both feel them and feel their presence but it's very important, I think, to touch base and acknowledge that, you know, and check in with it through all parts of the process. Yeah. No, Oof. it's true. It's it's true. It's hard. <laughs> and I think just like keeping that open line of communication and like being able to be on like focused on each other is, is really crucial. Um, yeah. And I do think I, I think that this is one area where being child free is just ultimately like better and easier. <laughs> sure I mean look it's it's always hard to be apart but I do think and I don't want to cheapen that like it is very difficult especially when you are each other's kind of whole family you know Mm -hmm. I mean we have other friends and we have full lives but like at the end of the day you know he's my number one your partner's your you know it's like yeah um but I do think being child free because you can have that focus on one another and make that space and like really be value like really demonstrate that value to one another like how valuable he is to me or whatever like i do think it's i think it's a little bit i think it's better i do like yeah. i wouldn't want to do this with any like i'm so glad that it's just him and i and we can just right. navigate this how we see fit and like not have to sweat anyone else yeah um, and and again in in an occam's razor sort of way there's just less variables and we come free of a little bit of the societal weight of yes. like the hand wringing of like, but what about the baby? What about the child? You know, there's no cats in the cradle bullshit to deal with. Yeah. My cat you know, hated you can my cat hated my partner when he was here and she hates him when he's gone. Like it doesn't matter to her. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's uh <laughs> you know But yes, it's like there's you don't have to worry about other people's trauma you get to create your own safety to like actually pursue something you want yeah you know and it it, and it's lovely but it's very difficult yeah and yeah (laughs) but we're kind of lucky to be able to do it i think in some ways because again i think it comes down to like allowing yourself to live the fullest version of your life you know and to be the person you want to be and to see the part your partner be the person that they want to be i i like that yeah I mean, that's it's it's really sad that so many people would have to fight off the impulse to like roll their eyes at that sentence. You know, like why why is why is your life not able to be that? Why is your life not able to whatever? And if it's because 
if your default answer is, well, because I jumped into a life script or I got roped into doing the thing that we're all supposed to do and you should be doing it too. And, and how dare you live a full rich existence where you navigate, complicate issues and try to find the, whatever's best for you. Like, how dare you? It's like, that's insane. We should all be doing that. We should all have the freedom to do that and to explore and, and, and do whatever we can to have the best life possible. That's not crazy. And it shouldn't be. No. So what are, dear listeners, what are your experiences? Uh, What struggles have you had being apart from a partner? Or if you're someone who does not have a partner and you travel all the time, what is that like for you? And do you think it's lonelier? Do you think you get lost as a nomad? Or do you think that it's awesome because you have friends all over the world and always have a place to go? Like you belong everywhere. Uh, share with us. We want to hear from you. As usual, we're on social media and not just sleeping in. And you can reach us at questions and not just sleeping in. Yeah. Tiger, I love you a bunch. Uh, until next week, I'm Lee. And I'm Tiger. Spread love. Live your damn truth. And of course, have, have fun, fun sleeping, sleeping in. in. Bye. Bye.